Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. Join your hosts as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things kings of war. Welcome to Counter Charge, everybody. I'm Trent Sosby. And I'm Rob Enough, and we're back again with my partner in crime, the Adepticon man. I'm actually wearing my Adepticon shirt right now. It's funny you say that. <laughs> so we're here to chat about some hobby, but really what's on our brain right now is a narrative event set in Panathor that's got me all bothered and trying to... That's on my mind right now. Just, hey, what can we do? And uh, starting to plan for the future. Yeah, and I know, you know, we've talked about this a few times, uh, me and you, to just kind of spitballing ideas. And I, and I think, you know, the most the most important thing is is I feel like the tournament scene in the in the U.S. Uh, you know, we're speaking specifically for the United States right now, is uh, it's really geared towards the more competitive player. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's really not. I mean, I've been to a ton. Of, I've been to a few tournaments and I have a good time. But there is that sect of basement gamer, casual gamers, kitchen table gamers, whatever you want to call them that. That's not necessarily, you know, they might not want to bring the the sweatiest list out there, right? The max men list. They might have a theme list they want to play. Just roll some dice, have a few laughs. So it's kind of, um, you know, some interesting conversations we've had about stuff, events that that we could do to to cater to that group of the community and make them feel included in the in the GT scene. Exactly. But before we get there, uh, I have been hobbying like a madman so i'm sure trent you have a metric ton of hobby updates to drop so go i wouldn't say a metric ton i've been uh, i've been struggling in the old motivation department um i do have i am working on forces of nature so i'm taking a little bit of a break from my my undead you know my first love kind of sort of we'll get into that a little bit but right now i have let's see i got um two regiments fire elementals have a greater air elemental, greater fire elemental, and regiment of air elementals and a regiment of scorch wings. And I'm gonna base them all up on uh, regiment sizes so I can, you know, interchange them for um for ambush style play. But I also have uh and this is the real like I've been I've really been putting this one off. I have three boxes of the Age of Sigmar um dryads like Sylvaneth Ken dryad dudes I'm gonna, i was going to use it for hunters of the wild i think that's a pretty popular choice for them so and i really want to use hunters of the wild because it's cool to use the elementals in uh for forces of nature for unlocks they're so expensive like when you're playing a 750 point list you know uh, re- an average re- like an, a regiment of fire elementals regiment of earth elementals is 130 points like that's a chunk so you can't bring all the cool toys so I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and I'm going to work on my airbrushing skills with the dryads because, I mean, you can, you can paint them up pretty quickly. The one thing I'm really excited about is that I am finally getting to the point where I'm painting some of the models that I've 3D printed. So I found really cool SELs for Earth Elementals. And I love Mantic Earth Elementals. I love the sculpt. Hate the fact that they're all metal. So I just had to find a, a resin replacement because I absolutely hate metal models, right? I've only been in Wargaming for like two years, so I'm not somebody that has any nostalgia attached to old metal models from the 90s. So I'm really excited about these. It's cool. It's got some uh, – they have some like glowing rune, runes and their face are, faces are more um, like uh, distinguished, I guess. So it's, it's got some cool opportunities for, for me to practice some OSL and stuff like that. So that's kind of what's keeping me busy in the, in the near term. But in the long term, I actually just did a pretty large trade uh, with one of my gaming buddies over here in Germany, and I just got the box in today. We live kind of far apart, so we had to mail each other's stuff, but it, it was fine because we were mailing it in Germany, so it was like 10 bucks. Everybody knows I just finished about 7,500 points of Undead a few months ago in preparation for Adepticon. Well, sitting in the box on my kitchen table right now, I have about three to 400 individual models. So that's going to, I got to, got to pump those numbers up, you know, but yeah, that's kind of where I am. Uh, a lot of planning, not a lot of execution, but you know, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. You're nuts. 
<laughs> and the thing about the undead is too is the army that I have now. A lot of it is the uh, like large infantry. You know, like I have werewolves, zombie trolls, whites, and then yeah, I do have my blocks of infantry. Like I have my two zombie legions, but most of everything else are kind of like the elite choices, I guess. You know, wraiths, whites, werewolves, all that stuff. Um, most of these models that I just got got are either like zombies, ghouls, and skeletons. And I'm really excited about the skeletons because I've been wanting to try out the uh, the revenant hordes because they seem like really nat- and like people on um, the undead Kings of War group on Facebook are always talking about how good the revenants are. So it'll be it'll be fun. So you know, paint something up different, try a little bit of different gameplay for undead too. But I just like I like having all the options. Like it's so cool to every time I play a game, like I play something a little bit different now. Like the, for the casual games, I'm like, oh, let's try this unit out. Or maybe I'll run three of these instead of two. Like, it's cool to have those options. And I just, I man, it's, it's so cool to see that many models of the same army, like in the display cabinet or on the table. But yeah, I digress. The hobby is a slippery slope. Once you get going, it's like. Yeah, yes, it is. It really is. On my end, you know, you've heard a couple episodes recently where I've given hobby updates, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But yeah, I'm working on goblins, uh, loving the air rush. You know, uh, made all the mistakes that you can make. So it's been good to uh, to, to kind of learn that. I, I'm already chomping at the bit, though, trying to upgrade some gear, like get a, get a better compressor, get that mat that you bought that that, uh, that I mocked you for. But now that you have seen it, I wish I had it, right? Like, I'm like, ah, yeah. it would have been so nice. Because it, it's it's soft, right? But also it's got a raised lip. It's like a – so you can't – the parts can't roll off and get broken. So, and, you know, and I did already manage to bend a needle now. To be fair, the needle was only $10, so it's not like I was out a bunch of money, but I would prefer not to break anymore. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what you think it would be worth it just to have like like five spare needles. Yeah, I bought two, and I think uh, I'll probably end up buying a few other parts that I that I think I'll mess up. Like the little thing that gets wrenched into the front of the, what's that, the, t- the tip? I don't know. The one that the needle goes through, you know, it's tiny, 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 yeah. tiny, tiny. So it probably makes sense mm-hmm. to have an extra one of those just in case something bad happens. But yeah, it's uh, cool stuff. Do you feel confident now that you've used it a little bit? You know, like disassembling, cleaning and stuff like that? I mean, I, I think the big thing is as long as you're thinning your paint correctly and you go with low pressure and you work your way up if you need to raise it. You know, I haven't had anything that I've ruined. So it's it's been great. Loving it. And the Army Painter stuff has been, been ace, dude. Like it's... I, I still thin it a little bit to just make it flow a little bit better. But it's... Yeah, it's fantastic stuff, and I, I can't wait to, you know, I've got other armies on the horizon like Night Stalkers where I think it'll be even, I mean, for the goblins, I'm basically base coating and doing some light uh, blending, you know, like maybe mobbies are getting like a darker belly, right? But like on the Night Stalkers, the goal would be to try to actually paint the whole army. And I have salamanders that need to have fire elementals and greater fire elementals that need to be painted. So again, it would be nice if... I could get uh, get a little more proficient so that I'm comfortable with that kind of stuff. I mean, my, my airbrush is not a high end airbrush. It's only like a you know, it's an entry level one, but it works. It does what I needed to do, which is really all I can really ask for. Well, let's take a quick commercial break, and on the other side, we'll get into the main topic: narrative events. We'll be right back. I'm Paul Welsh, the new king of Texas and champion of Lone Wolf, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Welcome back to Counter Charge. And today we are going to talk about narrative events, specifically one that's developing in my head. So before we get to the the particulars, I figured give the audience a kind of an understanding of where the inspiration come from and kind of what I'm thinking. You know, over the years, I've been to lots of big, bigger conventions, Depticon, for example, even Nashcon, which is a smaller HMGS event, but they play heresy there, Lord of the Rings. When you're walking around and you see in these Horus Heresy events, Lord of the Rings, or even like games like aeronautica imperialis i get the sense that they're less about the competitive nature right like less about smashing your opponent into the table and more about the narrative that comes out of that generating that story that that those cinematic moments generally i would describe it it just feels like it has a different atmosphere that's more immersive and it really 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 feels like the players are more uh, emotionally invested in the hobby. They all have really well-painted armies. You know what I mean? Like, they have stories behind it. They're in. It got me thinking, and this has been a while, right, that, oh, we should have, we should have something similar in Panathor. And essentially, the way I would describe it is something where it's more about the shared journey than the destination of crowning a champion, right? It's, it's, a, it's about the, the journey we take together. 
the story that we tell organically through the interactions of the players. That's been rattling in my head for a while. In fact, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, it was really, really like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I, I wrote up some different rules. We even at the shop played a game where I was playtesting some of the rules. And, and shout out to Pat Lewis from Mantic Games. He gave me some concepts that I, that I stole. Uh, where, where you'd have like basically like two different teams, but the teams would be divided up into different roles. Like you'd have a general and a quartermaster and a soldier and a tactician. And so people had different roles to play off the table before the game started. I've done a few events like that, done some siege games, just kind of like getting into that, that mode of it doesn't matter who wins and loses. We're all winners if we're playing a fun game. You know, obviously COVID put a kibosh on that. One of the other things that was interesting is that I was actually thinking and trying to build my own like naval rule set. Cause I'm like, Oh, we need to have Navy. We need to have a fleet in this. And, and like that's before Armada. And and obviously now that you've got Armada, <laughs> it's like, well, no, we'll just use those rules. So they did a big chunk of work for you there. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never could get it to work. Right. You know, I try to basically make the boats like a unit in Kings of war and try to basically take the Kings of rule rule, rule set and just add just a tiny little bit of changes to make it work in a naval setting. But this is way better. COVID obviously put the kibosh on it and we kind of had to table it. And I know you and I have chatted about it a bunch. <laughs> we were at Adepticon, obviously chatted about it, but we've been chatting about it off and on for a while now. And so it feels like yeah. now is the right time. We're being called Sapanathor. And it's nice to have a co-conspirator in this now. Cause what, you know, one of the things that's a challenge, I'll be honest with you, like the Kings of Memphis thing, I'm, I'm doing Kings of Memphis three, but like I'm a one man show for that. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And so having additional people help is important. And especially for something like what we're trying to do here, where you're scaling it up to a, maybe not number of people wise, isn't, then that'd be huge. The hobby commitment on our part is bigger. The expectations are bigger right. for just the pageantry. And so it's good to have extra people. We'll talk about that. We've got a bunch of people that are super interested in helping us with it. So this is kind of what I'm thinking, but you know, Trent, what is it about an event like that that attracts you? Well, for me, you know, it's it's interesting because I'm never really focused on the story and the lore until just recently, like the last year, honestly. And I kind of really, I really got into uh, writing backstories for my army. I just thought that was the coolest. It was actually me going to Lone Wolf and realize and looking at people's display boards and all their d- display stories and everything. And I was like, oh, dude, there's like a whole other side to the hobby that's not painting that I could be like exploring. Right. And it's, I really like dove deep into it. And uh, whenever I moved over here to Germany, I'm in uh, my current play group uh, with Chris Thomas and Clem. And there, you know, there's, there's a few other people. We, they really value like the lore and the backstory. So sometimes we've done it a few times now. We'll have a, a gaming weekend, right? And you know, one weekend we did we did firefighting dead zone, so it was all sci-fi. The last one we did, we did uh, ambush and armada, and then we ended up uh, in a big game of Kings of War, like an epic battle. And every single time that we've done that, one of us I haven't done it. It was either Chris or Clem has actually sitting down and written a story. Like, okay, uh, these are like the the undead and the empire of dust have teamed up and they're, they're fighting the, the salamanders and the Basileans over like these ancient magic artifacts. And, you know, if in this game, if they win, then this happens. And it's, it's just really cool because it's almost like when you're looking down at the table as a player, when you have that scenario in your mind, you have that information in your mind, it kind of puts a purpose as to like, okay, my army is fighting these guys. It almost makes you feel like a Celestian. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. It, ma- it makes it it makes it much more immersive. Well, it, it gives you the motivation of why you're there. Exactly, and it's not you know there's nothing wrong with just playing the game for the game's sake, like at a tournament at a competitive level, because it's a great game. But then when you add that next level of nerdiness and immersion into the game, it's almost like you're role playing, right? And it's 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 just the coolest thing ever when you have a group of people who are like all bought in on the story and it, it just adds even more funny reactions to the game. It really is. And that's kind of, that's really what got me interested is just playing that in the local group. And I was just like, dude, I think, I think more people would like this, you know? Well, and so we've obviously had lots of chats about it and uh, we, we said, well, let's take it to the masses and, and let them help us kind of formulate 
what we would want to do. Because, I mean, obviously, it's like anything in life. If you want people to be part of that, you kind of have to cater to the people that are going to show up. And so, uh, you know, we obviously reached out to folks that have a narrative bent to their gaming and, and found out like, well, what is it about an event like that that you enjoy? What would you be looking for? And and we'll talk about some of their comments. But, you know, I think at this point, what we can say for sure is that we're, we're looking to do something in 2024. You know, we, we want to give ourselves plenty of time, you know, give us a year to really think this through and be set up and ready to roll on it. Fortunately, we, we kind of had that false start before, but we were, we were gearing up for it. And then COVID kind of just took our, took the wind out of our sails. But what's weird is I think, I think, if anything, there's even more wind behind our sails now, right? Like than we had before. If you look at the the landscape of events here in the U.S., I think there's a real hunger for this type of event, and it's not necessarily always being catered to. Now, there are events like this, right? They're just not, maybe not as many of them as we would like to fulfill the demand from the from from the from the community. So, yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump in and just talk about what we do know. Kind of, we given some thought. Uh, and so, you know, we kind of broke it down, you know, like what would be the purpose, you know, and I think in my mind, I'd love to hear your take on it, but you know, you know, a three day event of narrative gaming set in Panathor, that's like the elevator pitch at a basic level. That's what I would, would like to get out of that weekend. What? Well, how about you? How do you look at it? For something of, uh, of this level, like this level of immersion, right? I think three days would kind of be necessary. So more than like, like Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, right? Like whole day, Friday, into Saturday and Sunday because you want to give time to 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 build the story and kind of come up to the uh, climactic battle. Or I mean, just at a very basic level, you could play other games like Vanguard or Mana or Ambush on Friday. You could build up to a series of battles on Saturday, which then culminate in some huge epic clash, maybe a siege battle on Sunday. Exactly. I mean, that, like at a basic level, is kind of what you could do. Not you know, we're we're, we're still. I mean, the community is helping us work on those concepts. Clem had this really good idea for Mantic Universe podcast after the last game weekend that we played because we were talking about like, hey, you know, we want to basically make a weekend where like, hey, we play Armada and then that goes into a game, a few games of Ambush that goes into a 2300 point game and then that goes into an epic battle or like a siege battle. So it all filters into the ending battle. But Clem had this idea, and I really like this, where it's like, okay, maybe we start with two games of Ambush. Everybody, like, each side brings a list of, like, 10,000 points, right? But in those games of Ambush, in the previous games that you played, if a unit dies, then it's then it's out of it. So it'd be just, you know, just adding little unique stuff like that. I feel like it can make for a really interesting event. So in terms of the scope, you know, at a basic level, you could ask the question, you know, what games are you going to include in this narrative event? And obviously there's a list of games that have different levels of the scale of combat's different, right? So like at the very lowest level, you've got, you know, like Dungeon Saga, which is a, a dungeon crawler, right? Where it's like one, one or a handful of characters against a bunch of baddies. You've got Vanguard, which is, you know, Ronnie has described as fantasy black ops, but you know, you may have nine or 10 guys on nine or 10 guys played on a small table from, if you're staying with the figures, you've got Armada, probably still like another, maybe 15 boats at the most, right? It's a little different in the sense that you're not playing with infantry anymore. It's, it's uh, now boats. Then you get into the two that are based on Kings of War, which is number one, Kings of War ambush, which is where you're playing with a bunch of troops and regiments. And so it's Kings of War, but it's a different, chilled version of kings of war right like they take the edge off because there's restrictions on and we're talking like maybe six seven like exactly and then then, then the final final one is kings of war itself where you know you'd be playing 2300 points or bigger right because i'm i am historically been a big big game player so i like you know 30 40 50 thousand points on the table is is awesome so you know the scope of that is is probably one of the first things we have to decide and what's interesting is we we did get you know we're going to get to the feedback from people but if you look at all those games any of those games would work but the reality is if there's five different games you're probably not going to want to focus on all five of those games or if you are you're probably going to want to have a couple of them that are done in parallel like maybe on a friday you have a few people doing a dungeon saga somehow affects the game the weekend a different different way and maybe some people are playing armada for example or vanguard right so that that's one of the first things i mean when you look at that list of games there's five games kings of war obviously you got to play right yeah obviously play kings of war 
I kind of feel like if you're doing a, a big campaign weekend, you need Armada. But what else of the other three? What are you feeling? You know, I like. I, I just want to say, like, I, like you said, I think the big three, right? Well, the big daddy in the room is going to be Kings of War, hundred um, percent. If you have Kings of War, I think you have to include Ambush, and then I think Armada has to be included, like the main, the, the trifecta, right? But I think, I think Dungeon Saga would kind of be interesting. Maybe not, you know, if you have 10, 15, 20 people show up, obviously not everybody is going to, number one, want to, number two, be able to play a dungeon crawler. But how cool would it be if, uh, you know, you had maybe just four people play the dungeon crawler, one person was the dungeon master, or uh, I can't remember what they call it in Dungeon Saga, but, you know, the person running it, and whatever the outcome is, like, maybe that determines the what heroes are available right. for each side right. or something like that. Like, there's way, and I, I like what you said. I've never really thought about running events parallel. So, like, hey, maybe on Friday, you know, we offer um, Dungeon Saga and Armada. And, you know, if 20 people show up, there's four people interested in Dungeon Saga. We can still make those results, like, affect the outcome of the weekend. So everybody feels included in, in the narrative. What you said just resonated with me. If you think about like a game like Vanguard and Dungeon Saga, those are two games that are not as prolific in the community. There's not as many people playing those games. The flip side of that, you have some really diehard people that are fans of those games. Yeah, absolutely. It might be a way to cater to the event where they can go, hey, I am all about Dungeon Saga. Cool. You you show up and you do that track. And oh, you may have some people to go, well, look, I'm all about Warbands and Vanguard. Great. Bring your Warband. And let's do some, let's do that. So I a lot more discussion needs to happen in terms of that. But I, I'm right there with you in my in my head. You know, Kings of War, Ambush, Armada for sure. And we did a poll on our Facebook page asking you what games should be included of those five that we just mentioned. Great response on the poll, by the way. We put the poll up, and people could select multiple answers. And unsurprisingly, Kings of War was the winner at 52, percent and then Armada was 22, percent and Ambush is 18%, which is interesting because if you, if you think about it, Kings of War and, and Ambush are the same game, just slightly different tweaks. Really, that's 70% right. Kings of War. Uh, and then, so those are the clear favorites. And then Vanguard got 5% and Dungeon Saga got 3%. Like, it, that kind of informs what we're saying. Like, you know, hey, maybe, this is just a crazy idea. Maybe Friday's about Armada, Vanguard, and Dungeon Saga. And, you know, maybe the majority of people will want to play Armada that day. But maybe there's a couple couple nutters out there that want to play dungeon saga and maybe there's three or four nutters that want to play vanguard so maybe there's a way to do all three on the friday you know i don't know we're still early days and certainly taking still taking feedback on it but i i think any way we can make more yeah, rules this- inclusive in in our part of the bigger the bigger weekend i think is too, totally cool yeah, this, I feel like this is an interesting uh, episode for the podcast because we're basically brainstorming and everybody's going to hear this afterwards. If we're missing something, please, by all means, let us know. Yeah, please tell us You know, if we're completely off the mark on something. But uh, that that's such a good idea to being able to include everybody in the community, like all of the games set in Panathor. A narrative gaming experience is all about, right? Giving cater, Letting the event cater to the people that want to be there. The one issue I see with that, and just just something to keep in mind, is that's going to be a, an even larger burden on the TO to have five games to set up. Setting up the tables isn't that big a deal. Like the infrastructure is not that big a deal, but coordinating who's going to be there to play. Because, like for example, if if we're playing Vanguard and only there's only three players, well then someone needs to play to make a fourth, or or you're going to have to have a t- team game. Right in a narrative event it does decrease that burden a little bit because there's no rule that says we can't have asymmetric play or we can't have two on one. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. In terms of what we, what else we wanted from the event, we kind of, I, I kind of divided it into a list of like musts and wants. I think that's a good way to look at it. And so for the must, the things that we got to have, we've already said it at the top, which is gaming set in the world of Panathor. 100%. It's got to be Panathor, baby. You got to feel like you're on the, you're on the battlefields, You've got cool-looking armies that are reflective of the lore. You're living and breathing in the world. The other piece of it is that it, it really we need to have linked narrative gaming. Talked about across multiple games, but they got to be linked. Early games need to affect later games. You know how that works. You know whether there's like a campaign tree that allows you to like grow units or 
develop units over time or your your concept if if they're dead they're dead like if you bring a unit and they're dead and they, you can't use them again that's funny too yeah that's that's a really good unit but if you want to use it for the first game it might be out the exactly rest of the or something like that the last two that are must for me and this is really just me but i think most narrative players would tell you this is important too number one immersive thematic tables when you go to the table you should be like oh crap that's the abyss you look at it and you know right away what it's supposed to be. And, you know, maybe there's some thought into which armies are playing on it so that it makes sense. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's part of a big story arc, right, it's cool. And then the, the last one, for me, it, it's really about memories. But it's setting up the opportunity for the grand spectacle, cinematic gaming. Go to this event six months later, you're like, Trent, remember that time that unit of Rafe's? charged off the hill and killed a horde of knights from the Basilean army. Do you remember that? And you're like, oh yeah, I had to roll boxcars twice to bolt to blow them up. Yeah, like just that's the kind of stuff that you're like, oh, that's amazing. The thing it's interesting is that a lot of times when we go to a tournament, uh, those 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 things can't happen. But a lot of times when those things happen, it's the negative, right? You're like, oh crap, it rolls snake guys. But snake guys again, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the reality is, in this is it's a narrative event, and winning doesn't really matter. It's not. It's not about winning and losing. It just opens up the door for you to try more stuff. Like you'll be you'll be able to take more risks if you want, because it's it's about the experience. So uh, I don't know. Do you have any other must that you can think of? No, I think that that covers it. Honestly, I think the uh, the table. I never really appreciated a good table set up until I started going to GTS. And then we had them. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but seeing, I wanted, maybe it was Lone Wolf. Maybe it was Bug Eater. I don't know. Every, everybody always has amazing terrain and tables, but I haven't, I haven't been to Kings of Memphis. I know, I know, <laughs> but it really, it really helps with, with the, I'm, I'm all about the immersion, right? Like, honestly, it, when, when we do this, I'm going to show up dressed up probably, you know, I'm going to be in. Oh yeah. Oh, 100% cosplay is expected. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going a hundred percent. Absolutely. Like it's, yeah. You say, you know, like Grand Spectacle, cinematic gaming memories. Um, you know, obviously that's going to happen throughout the weekend, throughout every single game that we play. The intent is, um, and I think we kind of talk, uh, we're going to touch about it here, but so we want an overarching story arc, right? But then we want it to focus on the the ultimate battle at the end, right? You're building up to something. And that's what I mean by the Grand Spectacle, right? It's a great weekend, but that, that culminating battle of the weekend where maybe you're laying siege, yeah, I was gonna say, do you think do you think it, it would make more sense to be a siege battle? I'll be honest with you, it didn't have to be a siege battle, but siege battles are pretty badass. Dude, siege battles look so cool too. Like on the table, they look amazing. I mean, I I, I I've talked about this 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 event that we had before. We did a one day mega battle, and uh, we did we used blind deployment, so we had corrugated down the middle of the table, five armies on five armies, they all lined up. And it is a huge table. It was, I don't know, 30 feet long or something stupid like that. And holy crap. And then you just line up and then you pull the stuff off and you're like, surprise. But what was also cool is like, I was the game master. So like the Celeste, so the Celestians were throwing stuff down. And so like these, these craters would open up in the ground and out would come like a, maybe a, a new magical artifact that somebody can pick up or, or maybe it's poison. <laughs> and like, now you're taking damage and it was all random, right? Like I would say like, we would we would randomize like that's what I'm saying. Like you want something you can't get or won't get in a in a competitive event. Yeah, because in a competitive event, you, you really want to usually shy away from non deterministic stuff like that or external forces that may be changing the rules of the game mechanically. And in this stuff, there's mm -hmm. no rules, man. We just the rule is the rule. It's the rule of fun, <laughs> right? The rule of the cool, rule of cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> cool and fun. Yeah. What else do we, you know, those were the musts. Here's our list of wants. And the first one you touched on already is, is an overarching story, you know, um, sort of in the vein of International Campaign Day for those that have been around a while. So a while back, we had International Campaign Day, which actually had a written story and three or four linked battles. And the results from one round affected the next round and the next round. And you had unit progression. So they kind of developed their, their stats increased and stuff based on their performance. That's the kind of stuff that we need. Now, the big thing is, whatever we do, I, I'm all I'm all about canon. So it needs to be consistent with Panathor. Uh, we're not playing Star Wars here. We're playing Kings of War and Panathor. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Ain't no Harry Potter army going to be showing up in Panathor, right? Like, you got to have, the story's got to be about 
something that's consistent with the world that we're playing in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna start off this weekend with Dead Zone, right? Maybe eventually there's gonna be a, a, a narrative weekend for Warpath Universe. The second want is really we mentioned in, in the must. It's, it's about link gaming. You want the results of the early games to affect what happens later in the weekend, right? You you it needs to culminate. It needs to build. Uh, you want to have campaign like progression. So, you know, what the, what does that look like? I don't know. Is it characters or maybe units that become heroes of you know, heroes or regiments of renown that maybe there's some sort of like experience system if a unit kills a unit and then it gets it gets something. And maybe there's there's a, a a place to buy unique artifacts based on currency that you earn in game oh yeah that after the game you're like oh i have 50 points i can go to the i can go to the store and i can buy this new thing and we let you put it on a unit that may already have a magical artifact or maybe you know just at, and maybe it's something that doesn't exist today because if it existed today it would break the game but we don't care about that kind of stuff because it's about narrative gaming dude i like that that that's cool like a reward store for all the plundered loot Maybe there's a makeup mechanic too, like the one side that's getting trounced. Maybe it's the evil side, and maybe the wicked ones decide, "Hey, let's 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 help our brethren," and they send down some celestial interference or some some magical, just just a little divine intervention, you know. The other want is we we want team atmosphere, right? Like we want teams. You know, it, it doesn't have to be like good versus evil. That's not what we're saying. Well, there's got to be a reason why we're fighting and why certain armies are banding together. You know what I really like? At the uh, the doubles event that we had in Adepticon, they had very tenuous alliances, right? Like you, you were a, a partner, you and your partner were aligned, but like in the first few games, you're getting to know each other. So like there's limits on what you could yep. do. But by the end, you're like, yeah, we're casting Banechan on each other. It was like one army, basically. Exactly. And we're inspiring so each other. So those like, are the yeah, kind of things. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, whatever it is, we need this story to tell us why these armies are fighting. Part of that, it's got to be organic. And what I mean by that is we may have the framework of the story, but we don't know what armies are going to show up. So we were, we would expect the players to invest in this process by, hey, this is my army. This is my background story. And, and then we can collectively tailor that to, oh, sweet. Trent's undead is going to show up and Rob's bringing the salamanders. And here's the reason why. You know, they're coming together like they have a shared enemy now, a common enemy. Another thing that's a want is probably the most important thing. And this is because it's not something you typically get. You don't get this from competitive play is we want to have opportunities for non-standard ways of play. And there's a bunch of them. You mentioned some where like there's a game master, like, 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 and I mentioned an example where I was playing as like a, a Celestian and I was throwing down like that kind of thing where you just interrupt a game and say, oh, a giant just showed up on the table. <laughs> yeah. Like in Vanguard, you have that the, the scenario that has the giant and he goes in a random direction. Totally would work, right? And just, oh, here comes a couple of monsters. Get out of their way because here they come. Also, asymmetric play. We talked about like like maybe it's two on, two on one and maybe one side is under banned. But that's okay because their goal in life isn't to, to win the game. It's to survive the longest. You know, there's lots of, uh, there's right. an expansion destiny of kings where they have a bunch of asymmetric linked scenarios like that's the kind of stuff right it's like ooh, i'm not trying to win i'm trying to survive i'm trying to delay i'm trying to hold out for reinforcements siege look man you don't get to play siege very much and i can tell you as a man who has a ton of siege equipment it is when done right and what i mean by that is not not so labor intensive that it bogs down to like a a grind, but using the Kings of War rule set, which actually does move briskly and still gives you as the defender something to do other than just stand on the walls and shoot, you know, because because in this one, you can actually come out of the castle and you can, you can actually kind of come out and, 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 uh, and siege the siege engines. So, but just siege is awesome, dude. That's the spectacle, right? Like, here's the giant castle. Yeah. Here's all the war engines and they're pushing it forward. And they're smashing at the walls. Are they going to get into there and, and are they going to steal the magical artifact from the Abbey? You know, the Basilane Abbey that keeps the the evil forces at bay. Traitor mechanics, dude. Like we've all played board games where there's traitors. How cool is it when you're playing in a big battle with like two on two or three on three and a game master walks up and goes, Trent, here is five units 
if you swap sides right now. <laughs> Dude, I love that. There's some really good ideas. Kind of get the sideways look. And maybe we, we have that conversation before the game even starts, so you know it's going to happen. But you can't do it until turn three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, backstabber. Ee, 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 ee. So, yeah, I just... <laughs> uh, and then we did touch on team roles. Like, that's always really fun if you can make a game off the table. I mean, I- I'll give you an example. Pat Lewis had given me a concept of this kind of where he had roles. And we, we did a we did an event at War Room Hobbies where we had a general, a scout, a tactician, a quartermaster, and then every other person was just a soldier. Soldiers just fight battles. Makes sense, right? They don't really have a whole lot to do off the table. But the general, it's sort of like uh, if you think about some of the, the team events, like that general and the other general would have a hand in what scenarios they're going to play, what armies are going to show up, you know what I mean? Like, and actually kind of reflect how they're going to dispense the troops. The scout, this was so fun. The scout, we would set the tables up. So there was two rooms at the back of the store. And then we would say, okay, the tables are all set up. The scout would come out and would have to draw the maps, draw like the layout of the thing, take it back to the team. And then the general and the company would look at it and go, oh, we're playing dominate on this one. Oh man, this is the this is this we gotta have the abyssal dwarves on this one on this one because there's only one bridge across the river. We need to have them hold, you know what I mean? Like, and there's like some real fun, like you only had a couple minutes to draw draw out the terrain, and then the tactician, you know, uh again could come out and 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 maybe we tell the tactician about different scenario options and they help with that. We had a quartermaster who would help. There was like a, a communal bucket of special magical artifacts, and the quartermaster would dish it out to their to their other players on the team oh wow yeah so this herd army is going into you know whatever whatever scenario you need this item oh you would need an extra brew of strength or an act you know or something oh you, i mean we had items that didn't exist before until now like things that let you be taller than you could right like it'd be like plus one height yeah. so or ones that we had ones that like uh you give a spellcaster the ability to move terrain like you'd be able to like wind blast a piece of terrain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Super cool. But like, that's the kind of stuff that like you, you get in a narrative event. All of that is just going to be so memorable for everybody. Cause it's, again, it's so unique. Like you're not going to get it anywhere else. And, and this is the most important thing is all that stuff is good, but you need people that come to the, that come to the event in that, in that same spirit of collaboration. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're just there to smash face, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like it's about having fun. Competitive play is fun. This is a different kind of fun. I mean, I don't know. What are your what are, what ideas do you have, co-conspirator? Dude, I Rob, you just like were bl- blasting off some A plus ideas. I'm just b- behind it 100. percent I really like the idea of having like a, a pooled army list, kind of. So maybe everybody submits their lists. The the uh, game master right kind of chooses the teams, whatever they are. You know, you could choose kind of anything. Like, okay, here are your teams. And then that list is like one one master list. What if me and you have armies there, big armies, and I'm on one side and you're on the other, and the generals can go, all right, we're bringing Rob's army out of reserve for this battle. But when my stuff dies, it doesn't come back. Oh, that's perfect. And I could, I could actually make use for all of my models too. We have like a giant army there that's like a reserve army that you're welcome to bring, you know, in there be limits, obviously you can't bring 10,000 points, but you know, Hey, I want to add an extra 500 points to this game. The general thing when we play, if, if, if we said that the game was set for 2000 points, the general could decide, I want to have a thousand points of herd and a thousand points of forces of nature. That's fine. You could take two of your players to play that. That's fine. We don't care. What other ideas you got, man? I know, I know you got some in there. They're just waiting to come out. Hey, you put me on the spot. No, I think I think you covered it. Honestly, I think we covered it. There's a, there's a lot, just so many ideas floating out here. I think really nailing it down. And honestly, the most one of the most important things is you know obviously the the, the player mindset and making sure everybody was have that collaborative attitude when they're coming into it. The spirit of cooperation. Yeah, making sure that the the linkages between the game system, so between Armada to Ambush to Kings of War, is kind of fluid. Fluid in the sense that if something gets out of whack, we can make adjustments, you know. Exactly. And that's and that, I feel like that's the whole point of, you know, having the game master there. It's like, okay, well, this unit, you know, leveled up 20 times and their nerve is like dash 40 now. So, you know, yeah. When you have that kind of campaign progression, you just have limits too. You're like, okay, you can't get higher than 
defense five. Yeah, there's got to be a cap, or you can't be better than hitting on twos, right? You can. It's it's easy to do. We had a lot of things to nail down, and obviously we asked your opinion. But here's a couple things to think about: if we're fighting in Panathor, that's fine. Where in Panathor are we going to have multiple locations? Are we going to have one? It's Saturday, like a bunch of different places of battles all around Panathor. Maybe it's the Galahir Forest, the Cracklands, you know, Wall Deep, whatever. And then maybe it culminates in some Basilean siege on, you know, wh- where, what armies. And obviously a lot of that's got to be informed by the people that are coming and what their interests are. Yeah. Physically, where do we hold this event? Memphis is the easy answer because I'm located here and I have a garage full of terrain, but I'm happy to open up the discussion to, well, do we, do we, this could sound crazy. Do we do it at like a, an Adepticon? I don't know. Where do we do it at? When do we do it? This is all stuff that nothing is written. And that's why the players that are interested in this, we're going to engage you guys to find out when when, and where we want to do it. Um, and we, like I said, we talked about what game systems. We still need to nail it down. Let's jump in and talk about some of the community feedback because the, the response that we got to this was pretty overwhelming. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Rob was talking about the, the post earlier, the poll that he made on the Countercharge Facebook page. And along with the votes, a lot of people decided to comment provide suggestions, any any feedback or anything like that. The, I'm pretty sure that he was the very first person to comment, actually, was old uh, Kyle Pretzel Twinkie. Absolutely. I'd love to work with you on making this kind of event happen. So, you know, right there, we already we already have some support. Uh, you know, see the importance of catering to a different part of the community. Mm-hmm. And we have Daniel Bryan here, you know, combined arms, a battle by land and sea, which is what we kind of talked about, you know, putting Armada into it. How can we... This is going to sound crazy, but can we, can we figure out a way to have 28 millimeter boats? They can have cannons that come up to the edge of the water and just start shelling the units that are fighting the battle. It's funny you say that because didn't Mantic just release some Armada SCLs? Don't we know a guy named Blake Schrode who is currently printing 28 millimeter Armada boats? I, I think we are. I think that's right. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike could use some assist. Dude, that'd be so cool, though. It really would be. That'd be amazing. Ben Stoddard hitting on, you know, love to see Link battles and an overarching story, which is like the main point of uh, of why we're doing this, right? It would be good to have Ben with us because he is one of the authors for Wing to Sar. Yeah, that would that would help with the whole, uh, you know, background story thing. And he was also the writer of the campaign fluff for International Campaign Day. So it's not like he hasn't done this before. So it would be, it would be awesome to have his assistance. So, oh, I got an idea. This is gonna sound. This is out of the box right here, bro. What if we had a new faction? <laughs> I don't know what it would be. I don't know. Yeah, who knows, right? Maybe that faction, whatever it is, is we have to provide the army for it because people wouldn't have models for it. You got the 3D printing gear turning in my mind. I have another idea. Why can't we do a game of 10 millimeter Kings of War? I have like 6,000 points of Varanger all painted. Oh, dude, 10 millimeter looks so, it's, it's so good. I have tables of terrain. Like on that Friday, if somebody wanted to just play Kings of War, but Kings of War at 10 millimeter, where you don't have magical artifacts, is just about slamming units into units and throw buckets and buckets and buckets of dice. This is the kind of stuff that just gets me like salivating over what we could do. And I was thinking the location of Panathor too. How cool would it be to to be like uh, the forces of good are besieging like the entire rift, right? So you have like the the abyss and the 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 chaos, the abyssal dwarves and the night stalkers. The other faction is the Brotherhood. Have they come back? I know that there's the Order of the Green Lady, and I know it's the, the Basilean offshoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is yeah. the remnant of what fell into the Abyss, are they back? Better than that, are they demonic knights now? They've been turned by the Abyss. Ooh, yeah, so maybe they are on the evil. Dude, just think about how that table, that's like a massive table with the Abyss, and it's like a siege battle, but in the rift. You ready for this? You're playing on like a giant crater. And there's a piece of a plexiglass across the top. Okay, so you can you can move your units across the abyss. There's a magical yeah 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 power that's that's covering the abyss, like covering this giant hole in the ground. There's going to be the ability to to cut away what's holding you there, and all of a sudden <laughs> oh, you just just, yeah, just drop, yeah. and other units come to the surface. Yeah, and then they pop out. Mojave Mojo is it's at eleven, as they would say. Dude, I could see that. Oh, that'd be so cool because then you could. Oh, yeah, like the siege engines, and yeah, it would be that would be awesome. It would be a lot of work. If we ended up doing a siege thing, I would totally be providing, 100% would be providing all of the siege equipment. We want people to come and have a good time, bring their army. 
right? If they want to build siege equipment, fine, but we'll have, you know, I would, I would have like any of the really weird specialty stuff. We'd have it there. Ladders, yeah, battling yeah, yeah, rams, yeah. battering rams, castles, all that stuff. So, yeah, and then you know, just continuing with the comments here, Chase Thompson brings up an interesting point. Um, he says, "Always thought it would be cool to do an event where you're set into teams of four players." Yeah, I've always sort of thought about it as like it'd be a one v one team, a one team versus one team. But what if there's three teams? Yeah. Like there's the good guys, the bad guys, and it doesn't have to be that way. But good guys, bad guys, and the neutral forces of nature. So all the nature, nature's on one. Leave me alone and protect my trees, right? I kind of like that. But actually, and, and you know, he leaves a pretty large comment here. But listen to this: when, like, for instance, winning Armada could give you a naval barrage ability during one of the following games. Well, yeah, that's so cool. You don't even have to have it on the table, but just being able to have off-table support. Just to have a have a big ass template to drop, be like naval barrage right there. Did you ever play Mighty Empires? But it's like a hexagon. No, I didn't. Thing where you could. Long story short, we could also have a map based campaign system where you move armies. Oh yeah, with the with the hex tiles, and then you could. Oh dude, I know. Just like you 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 say one, and then three more pop up. The trick for us is we're gonna throw all the stuff out the, on the table. Uh, and then collectively with everybody, we'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll find the, the concept and the idea. At the end of the day, it's got to be doable, right? You don't shoot for 11, you shoot for six and you work your way to 11, right? 100%, 100%. We got a few more comments here. Janner Holiday, just yes, please. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's all of our attitudes here. A lot of excitement around this. Taylor, I'm so down for this. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so this is an interesting one. Matthew Schenker, hope I'm saying that right. Remember the Armageddon or 13th Black Crusade supplements? The campaigns that supposedly let players record results and change the story of the game. Those were amazing. When War in the Shires was happening, happening, it felt very much like that. More of that, please. And that's, you know, that's what we're going for. There was a thing in Warhammer called uh, Storm of Chaos, where we had like special army lists for the, the time period. And you basically the, the results of the campaign affected the actual storyline so they look who knows if you got ben stoddard on here maybe he has to write this into the novel somewhere yeah if he's there right re- recording the weekend so many exciting opportunities so much room for activities and then, yeah yeah so, so many so many activities nicholas m here michelonis this will be easy to do right yeah play play armada then vanguard the special board whatever ship makes it to land you check a chart and then play kings of war kind of like that idea like armada the whole intent is like hey we got to get these ships across the board to land over there and then maybe each ship depending on the size holds like a certain number of points for for your army and then maybe it kind of flips back and forth like one one team is is pushing the other one's just there defending and then it's their turn to push and whatever points they get are the ones that they can choose from nick brooks uh based off the fluff we could do legendary games with the shining ones and the wicked ones that is cool. Who needs a new faction when you can just bring gods to the table? And all of a sudden, they're smiting down giant asteroids and wiping out whole units. Talking like a, a two-by-two two asteroid on the table, right? 6d6, yeah. <laughs> piercing four. Boom. Uh, yeah, Snake Eyes doesn't matter. They're just Exactly. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. How about a magical artifact that turns off inspiring? Dude, yeah. Wow. Turns off auras. Yeah, like the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Oh man, I have some really cool 3D models that we could use for the for the gods too. Yeah, I mean the reality too. Now with the Mantic Vault, there's lots of options there. I'm still trying to figure out what am I going to use that plant monster for because it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so cool. I really, I was so excited that the halflings were part of this first release because everybody. Knows, well, I have a I have a halfling army, like three thousand points in the box still. Down in my pile of shame that I've been waiting on. You can 3D print all the uh, the bits. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love 3D printing. And now that I'm like, I get to do 3D printing, I get to support Mantic. And it's still like official 100% Mantic Army. It's it's perfect. Well, you still buy their plastic models. Yeah. I mean, I still buy their models too because they make good, great models. Now, you know, just a few more comments here. So Donnie was on here. Um, okay. It would be fun to have an open enough format that whoever comes can play the aspects they want. So we talked about. Like we talked about earlier. That's perfect. Maybe not all aspects get included due to interest. You know, if there's only one person interested in Vanguard, you know, maybe we can't do that. Oh, maybe I play against them and we have at least one game. Yeah. I'd actually, I've never played Vanguard before, so I would, I would love for somebody to give me a demo game. 
when talking about which games to include, I, I think Vanguard's the on one hand it's easy because you don't need many models, right? So bringing that to an event is not hard. The difficult part yeah. is that the rule system is unlike the others. It's more complex. It's very it's very crunchy. Yeah. From a narrative perspective, it's perfect. It works great. The problem is, I'll be brutally honest here, when you play it competitively, it's exploitable and and it does get exploited. The way the, what we're doing, you know, I think it's I mean, honestly, there's a scenario in that uh, like I mentioned where you have a a, a a a giant and he just runs around in different directions. Totally awesome. But there's also a scenario where you have to kill a bard. And I have all the terrain for all these scenarios. Like I built a road and have the stage coaches and all that. But one of them is really cool. There's a dragon egg that you have to go pick up. But once you pick it up, the dragon on a dice roll might come down and kill you. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You gra- because you grabbed his egg. Yeah, yeah. You, you messed up with his egg. Where I'm going with this in my head is that even if there wasn't interest in Vanguard, why can't we use Vanguard scenarios for Kings of War? We're playing loot, but one of the loot is a is a dragon's egg. So yeah, go ahead, pick it up. So you pick it up, there's a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chance it's gonna come and attack you. Woo-wee. Dude, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And then it, it's funny, reading Donnie's comment, it's it's what we talked about at the beginning. It's perfect. You know, if the format is open enough, could have uh, people who just play King's War or Armada all weekend, or they play Armada, Ambush, Dungeon Saga, King's of War in different rounds. So we're talking about all the five games set in Panathor, right? Big thing is, is we need to do enough planning to make sure that, you know, the, the event organizer get the data in advance to say like, hey, okay, you sign up. What games do you want to play? Like check check all five or just check King's War or whatever. And then we can get the numbers and, and see where it goes from there before we start building it out. And this is the kind of event where once we know who's coming, we'll have video conferencing, right? We'll have teams calls. Team calls where we're going to be like, all right, well, let's talk about it. And and then we're like, okay, good. You know, team one, go over there, plan out your strategy. Team two, go over there. The other thing is we haven't really talked about it. This is meant to be a pageant for the hobby. So bring your A game, bro. Bring all the stuff you never bring because it's, it's not, air quote, not effective in the game. Great. Bring it. But it looks cool. It looks cool. Then we got Andy Patton here. I'd love to see team events where each player is playing a different game. Oh, that would be interesting. So like non-concurrent game. And maybe that's something like on Friday where that's what happens, where the team dispenses like, okay, we've got, we need so many, so many fleets to show up. Yeah, that's cool. Oh man, there's some great ideas in the comments here. I like this next one. Yeah, I really like this next one. I think big siege games with Colossus Titan units would be a really cinematic and never experience for players. Ooh, I got another one, bro. Hey, 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 I got one. I got I got two ideas that just came to me. <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, all these ideas are really only about one thing. Hey, we, it's 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 the Rob Rob synergy we got going on. Robert Zimmerman, you know? Yeah. When these ideas hit me, it's really only, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, it's altruistic to me. Why I should do these things. <laughs> well, number one, couldn't we have gladiatorial combat? Have an event on Friday night where bring your, bring your general, I'll bring my general, we go to town. But another one that I, that I just thought about, why can't we have the games? Big Circus Maximus style arena, and we have a chariot race, bro. Everybody bring a chariot, and there's combat. <laughs> we can just take a rule set like chariot race. They're, they have rule sets already, and we just convert chariots. Maybe it's not the outcome is doesn't really matter. You're wagering on the race, and the winner gets more more money to buy extra oh. artifacts the next day. I don't know. Yeah, the sky's yeah, the limit yeah. here, bro. The sky's the limit. I thought we had good ideas when we were just kind of, you know, back and forth. And when we talked to the Depticon, but then you add the whole counter charge community in this, like it's, it's limitless, dude. So I think big siege games with Colossus Titan units would be a really cinematic and narrative experience for players. Everybody's got to bring one Titan. You can make your own Titan rules. Yeah. Make your own Titan. Make it as many, make it, make it an 800 point Titan. You know, I'm not bringing a Titan. I'm going to bring a, a Legion of Whites. That's what that's what I want to play. <laughs> we have legendary formations. Yeah. Because in the big red book, it gives you like, oh, you know, if your unit's this and you want to up it, it's like this is how many points it is and all that stuff. It kind of gives you the formula, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And then we got uh Hank Dutank D- 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 here. Uh, I think that Vanguard makes the most sense for a narrative campaign event given how narrative the rules are. And the campaign rules. Well, he's right. They they are very crunchy. I, I like I said they're very crunchy, but they are very. I mean, the campaign rules are built into the from the ground up, so it's it's all there. So, maybe, I mean, yeah, that would be a, a good jumping off point, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got Kyle Pool here, boats and boys. Exactly. 
that sums it up right there, boats and boys. <laughs> I do really like the idea of combining Armada with um with Kings of War and the other games. Like that just seems so cool. So Armada is such a fun. It game. is. It really is. It is. Yeah. But th- not to be outdone, we did have some people that asked about sci-fi. You know, so Mark Zielinski asked about Firefight. Matt Friends asked about Firefight. Adam Kinney said, "I love the idea. I wish Vanguard were redone for something like this. If because you know a, a lot of people, Vanguard they wish Vanguard was like Dead Zone." there's no winning situation here because you have some fans that like Vanguard the way it is. And you got other fan- people that think Vanguard's too crunchy and too difficult to learn. So, uh, but you know, so Adam, can said, I love the idea. Uh, if you did the sci-fi version, it'd be, it would work better. The problem for me selfishly is I don't have a lot of sci-fi stuff. Like I, like I, I have 40 tables of terrain, but I don't have a lot of sci-fi stuff. I have a lot of unpainted sci-fi stuff at the moment. <laughs> unpainted and unassembled. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say right now, I would say 2024 is definitely going to be a fantasy version. But in 2025, if it goes well, there's probably there's an opportunity there. Dude, that's what I'm saying. We we get this thing running, run it twice Ooh. a year, one fantasy and one sci-fi. You're going to come to America twice, and oh, by that time, you might be back. Yeah, maybe. And Pennsylvania's not that far from Memphis. No, it's not. It's not. That's the plan, at least. Who know? Who knows where we're going to end up, though? If you're interested in giving us more ideas, please do so. We would love to have them. There's a Facebook post uh, on the Counter Charge page. Uh, just jump in there and tell us what you think. You know, if if this sounds like something you would attend, that's the important thing, right? Like, if this is not interesting to you, then that's fine. But we're really looking for the people that would come to an event like this to give us their feedback because you want to tailor the event to the people that are going to show up. Especially for something like this. I mean, it's more of an, an intimate setting, right? It's a commitment. Yes. It's got to be hobbied up. Rob's going to inspect every unit before it comes into the event space. So I got, I, I'm, I'm going to have to repaint all of mine. <laughs> maybe we have a showcase of the armies before the event yeah 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 one of our last topics we wanted to mention is uh, a name for the event i don't know you had a good one you want to throw out your idea i like mine um it's it's kind of a cop out off clash of kings but clash of casuals <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> i mean yours yours is good too well it depends on where we end up but if it was in memphis the memphis mantic mayhem i don't know about you but i'm tired of events and i am one of the people that do it uh, have an event with the word kings in it. It's like, okay, <laughs> at some point we got to get out of that. <laughs> Let's stop calling <laughs> yeah. everything kings yeah. of this or kings of that. So if you got an idea of what we could call an event like this, yeah, if you got suggestions, throw it out there. But I'm really fired up about this. I, I think uh, if this is something that's been a long time coming, and I think it's going to be super exciting to see what we can come up with collectively. To start working on this, you know, really as a, as a community event, right? Get everybody's feedback, at least people that want to come. And then go from there and see what, see what we can make happen. So, again, I know we've said it before. Just please, you know, let us know. Are you interested in an event like this? Not only are you interested in it, you know, would you would you attend? Depending on the location, you know, we got to nail a few things down. But just, you know, please let us know what you would want to see from an event like this. Um, on the post, I believe it's the poll post, right? There'll probably be a few more. But just look on the Countercharge Facebook page. There'll be a poll about it. It'll have those five options that Rob was talking about. Leave your comments there. We'll read every single one of them. And then also, more importantly, you know, it, number one, are you interested? Number two, give us feedback. Number three, do you want to help out? If you do, <laughs> let us know. This is not something we can just do on our own. We need it needs it needs a village. Absolutely not. And I mean, considering I, I live in Germany, too, I'll probably be minimal help. I'll, 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 I'll try to help. <laughs> so I already thought about this, my co-conspirator. Like, like, I thought, like, if I'm the infrastructure person in terms of getting the armies together, getting the tables and you know, all that stuff, maybe you're more of the paperwork guy, getting the rules together, getting organizing people, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll all have a job. Man, this has been a dream of mine. I mean, I love running these kind of events. I've run them in the past. Not a weekend, but, like, one-off Hey, we're going to have a big siege. Like in my garage, I used to run like we would do big siege battles. Fortunately, we weren't using Kings of War. So the the games by like three or four hours in, you're like, okay, this is boring now. <laughs> With Kings of War, you act, you can get to a satisfied conclusion in, in a small amount of time. So what army would I build for this? For real, like if we do it, I got I to gotta have a brand new army. What army? You already have all the armies. I went to a competitive event one time where I brought my old Warhammer Goblin army, which is all Wolf Riders. With a few other bits. And I tell you what, like, I had the most fun playing that army because, number one, couldn't kill anything. I had two hordes of trolls, a regiment of chariots, 
and then like it was 2700 points and like 16 troops of flea bag riders like it was garbage oh my god yeah 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 but i went three and two because i played this scenario so i won three scenarios out of two but i lost attrition every single time there was one game that i won the scenario and i didn't kill anything from the enemy yeah 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 <sighs> i'm hyped now for this dude i'm like super pumped i am too i really am I really am. Again, please, you know, let us know if you're interested. Let us know if you want to help. And we'll we'll go from there. We'll start making moves. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.